Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For week three of Slater September, this week's double feature is Heather's and Sorority Row. Gosh, why not just throw Mean Girls in there, too? For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Well, now I got the kit. That savage wow. little motherfucker. I'm sure you guys will hear me shriek in pain whenever it sneaks in here and attacks me at some point. <laughs> oh, that'll be the, my favorite part of the night. I know that. She is she is adorable, but that that cat has no fear, and it will get you. That's just cats in general. Oh no, my other my other cat. If she were to do something and I were to make any type of a noise, she would look all butt hurt and go sulk underneath the bed. Then this one, if it bites me and I go ow, she's like ah, ha, 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 fuck you and like digs her claws in. <laughs> Pretty cool though, talking cat. That's you're gonna be a millionaire. Well, no, she does. She does say that in cat language. Oh, I see. That's your skill of speaking cat language is almost as impressive as having a talking cat. It's pretty good. <laughs> Truly, it is. Speaking of being attacked, those are my toes, motherfucker. Attached to my body. I think you need more animals at your house. Oh, damn it. <laughs> if we get him Noah broadcast directly from his Zoom next week, that'd be ideal. <laughs> damn all these wires back here. Like you, cat. <laughs> Everything okay over there, Noah? Or? Well... Because of the shitty setup I have right now, I've got like a wad of wires at my feet. And so every time the cat comes in and attacks me, she gets tangled in the wires. And then she goes to run off like a kitten. But she's tangled in the wires attached to my mouse and keyboard and microphone and headphones. And all that shit goes with it. I feel like you just overcomplicate your life sometimes. A little bit. All right, look good. No, I'm gonna need you to open your door and yell into the living room, tell Shar to stop watching history detectives, and then <laughs> shut the door with no explanation. Is that what she's watching right now? That's what Facebook says. Oh, that's fun. I thought maybe you were logged into the Xbox and it was like Cheryl's watching history detectives. <laughs> I don't like the fact that Xbox now tells you what your friends are doing. It seems invasive. 
I believe you can shut that off. Can you? Yeah. That does seem very invasive. Yeah, I believe it's an option that you can shut it off in your settings. It doesn't bother me any because it's not like I'm doing anything crazy. I think like the that, biggest, that motherfucker's still playing Skyrim. What the fuck? That's pretty much about it. Biggest problem with that is going to be the same thing we've discussed in previous weeks, which is that you go on there, you watch a TV show, it tells all of your friends what you watch, and then the next day, people at your work are coming up. So, heard you watched History Detectives last night. And then you got to talk to those fucking people about History Detectives. Well, see, that's your fault for adding people that you work with on Xbox. I don't really know how Xbox works because I've never owned one or played one. So, oh. well, take that. Your, your your uh, metaphor makes no sense. Well, I'm just saying I find the the concept weird that you'd want to broadcast to everybody on your friends list what you're doing for that reason. Yeah. Well, look, Noah sent me a message. It's of his crotch with a cat in it. Cat chewing on my fucking hand. Yeah, I, I wish I hadn't gotten that. Um, Beast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, should we talk about some movies, I guess? Good. Oh, oh with, with that level of excitement, I don't see how we can not. I think Noah just died, so... I'm alright. Okay. Ow! That's There's lots of yelling, and then you <laughs> cut out. So... I tossed I tossed the cat over on the bed thinking it would run out of the room, but it snuck around behind me and just bit me in the back of my ankle. Noah will not be able to talk about the movies, but he will be providing comic relief throughout the show. <laughs> right. I was going to say, Noah, you commented that you did not remember anything about Heathers when you watched it. It's, do you, uh, you want to tell Sure. And it's, I, I wouldn't say it's that I didn't remember anything about it. I mean, I remembered the basic gist of the movie, but not the way it is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember really, really liking this movie back in the day. Uh, so, this movie is about uh, Winona Ryder, who is a quirky and overly intelligent girl who's in with the in crowd, which is a group of girls that are all named Heather. Hence the name of the movie. Uh, oh. she, she falls in with a bad boy in the form of one Christian Slater, uh, who may or may not turn out to be an even badder boy than she <laughs> originally may have anticipated. Uh, she very quickly discovers that she is sick of uh, the head Heather's bullshit and decides to play a prank on her and it's going to make her throw up like she threw up at a party. Uh, but due to some confusion and a sociopath, she basically ends up <laughs> drinking, I think it's industrial boat cleaner? Is that what they give her? Something like that. I think it's multi-purpose just, cleaner. It's not just for boats. Yeah. I just know it's blue. Yeah. So I would probably drink it too. I'm like, ooh, I like blue. Uh, a, which turns out to be a poison which kills her... Mm, instantly, which I don't think that's the way most poisons work. I think it usually takes a second, but... This is industrial strength. It is, and it's boat cleaner. Who the fuck keeps boat cleaner in the kitchen? Rich people. Yeah. 
to cover up for their horrible deed, they decide to fake it as a suicide and write a overly poetic and intelligent suicide note, finding out the next day at school that while they had set out to get rid of her and embarrass her in death and especially in suicide, she's now become like a weird martyry character and everybody likes her even more. Uh, we find out that basically everybody is turning the suicide to their own fucking shit, which is pretty accurate to real life. Uh, following on from that, uh, she goes out on a double date with a douche. Bad boy shows up. She leaves with him, even though he is clearly a dangerous sociopath. No, it's really fixated on a sociopath angle. Yeah. Evil jockey douchebag. Uh, decides to spread a rumor that she got double teamed by both the guys. And of course, other Heather does not bother to defend her because it's high school and people are monsters. To get back, uh, crazy, <laughs> crazy Slater offers up a bizarre scenario of faking them having a gay suicide pact. <laughs> But they're not going to really kill them. They're going to use magical bullets that only stun people and just break the skin. Of course, these turn out to be real bullets. They both die. We enter into what I believe may be the only funny moment of the entire movie. And that's in the bag of things that they decide to stage them being homosexuals with is like one bottle of like clearly Canadian. <laughs> which you I think is period. Yeah, which you think is going to be a joke once, but then the cops are sitting there and he goes, I think I found out what happened. And he pulls the bottle of stuff out of the bag and the other guy's like, oh my god, they're gay? <laughs> uh, moving on. Of course, she gets mad because she just murdered someone. Although, she had a good bit of time to figure out that she was murdering someone before she murdered the next person. She murdered him on purpose. Like, it's oh, yeah. safe to say. Yeah. Uh, they get in a weird lover spat of she no longer wants to hang out with him because, you know, he's a murderer. <laughs> and uh, it all culminates in a weird plot of he fakes a petition to get a stupid fucking band to play their high school and gets all the students to sign it, which actually turns out to be a collective suicide note. And he plans on blowing up the school as some grand fucking thing. Uh, they get in their stupid little fight and then he goes out and he blows himself up. Uh, she is blackened Looney Tunes style. And then she goes in and makes up with her old friend end of movie. She doesn't make up with her old friend. Quite to the contrary, she makes a new friend. What? No, she doesn't. The, the fat chick, they used to hang out. They say that like 20 times throughout the movie. No, the fat chick used to hang out with the other Heather. Veronica used mm -hmm. to hang out with the nerdy girl. Yeah, hey, either way. You gotta learn to pay during the movies. <laughs> she hangs out with a nerdy person instead of a popular person. Yeah. But who gives a shit? So, so what I don't remember about this movie is, with the exception of Christian Slater, the acting in this movie is fucking garbage. <laughs> From every single person. This is, this is a bad movie. This is not a good movie. I remember this being oh. a good movie. It's written uh, badly. Hey, it just kind of like leaps from scene to scene to scene. There's no real like 
cohesion, the story arc doesn't like make fucking sense. Mm. The dark parts of the movie do not fucking fit with the light parts of the movie. I mean, there's a, there's a scene where they shoot two people, one in the chest and one in the neck. There's zero blood. At the end of the movie, she shoots fucking Christian Slater in the finger, and he's bleeding more than both those guys combined. Hey, Doug. It's a different caliber bullet, Noah. Yes, Brian? I don't think Noah got the point of the movie. That it's supposed to be a weird after-school special? <laughs> I don't, like, it's, it's the whole The whole thing's a farce. Like, it's supposed to be ridiculous. Yeah, the whole thing is is a movie. It's not set in the real world at all. Yeah, yeah, nothing, but here's, here's, nothing looks or feels real the whole time. It's this movie is is some combination of a parody of teen movies that had come before it, while at the same time being a condemnation of high school, which is representative of the real world. Yeah, but there are other movies that do that and do it not shitty. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't. I really don't see any of the complaints that you just had as being valid. Um, yes, there is a, a okay. The acting, I, I don't agree with you. I think there's a particular acting style decision, and you can say that that's not your favorite decision, but that's clearly intentional the way they're doing it. Um, they're kind of playing up that corny sort of faux 1950s world of everybody's acting like everything's perfect, but deep down we all know it's not. They're kind of camping it up a bit. Um, I think as far as the editing goes, there was a lot of jump from scene to scene to scene. Again, that's an intentional decision. I think the story arc makes complete sense. A lot more sense than you're complaining about the movie does, actually. Um, yeah, I, I'm really surprised to hear this coming out of you. I don't, don't like it. Like I said, I remember liking this movie a lot. And, I, and now I do not. Well, I can like, understand no, why, like, I'll probably not watch this movie. I, like, watching this movie now, like, having not seen it in years, and, like, kind of realizing how much I, like, thought the Jason Dean character was the coolest guy ever, and how I sort of talked like him after I'd seen this movie, and I definitely had a long black trench coat, and this was probably one of the reasons why, you know. Okay. And I blew up his school, so this is probably why as well. <sighs> I blew up my school because Buffy blew up her school. I was imitating her, not this oh, guy. Okay. Anyways. Fair enough. Um, no, I, I, I can definitely see why this would have less of an appeal to, to you now than it would have been in the past. I can just... It's the nature of your criticisms that I'm having a bit of an issue with where I'm just like, I don't... I just don't see any of that. I don't know. Like, I, I think I could tolerate uh, all of that stuff if I felt like it was intentional. Right but I don't feel like any of it's intentional. It's it's just thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. Like there's no, I, I it's like it's hard to fucking describe because there's there's scenes where they like set something up that's clearly going to be resolved here in a little while in the movie, and instead it's just immediately resolved in the next scene, which builds no tension, no anticipation. There's no like, like I said, there's no arc to this movie. This movie is a flat line with a little bump at the end. <laughs> Which is weird, because it's about a movie about people killing people and faking their suicides. Mm. See, I kind of have the opposite. I remember thinking the movie was okay, and ended up really enjoying it this time when I watched it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like Doug said. I just feel like it's a whole uh, sort of like counterculture argument against stupid, snobby, rich people uh, stereotype from the 80s and then the bullshit of having to go through high school and how much that usually sucks. But then building like this whole uh, satire or farce like on top of the entire thing. Yeah, the one thing I definitely watching this movie now and watching like all the other like 80s teen movies because I've watched them all as an adult and they all hold up to various degrees mm-hmm. um, this is the only one that reminded me of what it actually felt like to be in high school <laughs> where it's like it's because you know, when you watch like I don't know Breakfast Club or any one of those movies it's always like this there's always like a everybody learns a lesson at the end of the movie and it's like that's not what high school was no one learned a lesson that's not how it you know like if you if you went out and like made friends with the guy that was bullying you and then the next day you walked up and talked to him in school he was back to bullying you nothing changed <laughs> it didn't it's not how it worked right and there was no there was no like oh if i just go be nice to this person that'll fix the problem or if i just spend some time together we'll, we'll learn about each other and realize we're the same nope none of that happened it was all bullshit and so those movies from the, those 80s teen movies while they're kind of fun to watch and while they're they're nice in theory and they have a nice little message in them that message doesn't translate to the real world whereas this movie which is set in a cartoon universe where nothing quite looks real and blood is sometimes comes out of your hand a lot more than it does out of your neck i mean specifically it, out of your middle finger yeah like it it's it, despite all that it still feels like yeah like and Noah even kind of mentioned in his plot description, like when somebody does kill themselves, like the way that everybody just makes it about themselves. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what would have happened in my high school. Exactly. Like it would have been a whole bunch of people who were acting like they really liked the person, even though they never did. And yeah, I, I don't know. This movie definitely is, maybe it's, Maybe it depends on your high school experience. I know, I guess there are probably people who enjoyed high school, I assume. Um, and so they might look at a movie like this and not not see the informative messaging in it. But for me, I'm just like, yeah, they've, they captured what it felt like to be in high school and that the Jason Dean character, Christian Slater, is basically kind of wish fulfillment in a lot of ways. It's like, don't you kind of wish you could? And there is some... There is some morality inserted in the fact that, like, yeah, don't you wish you could just go kill the popular kid? Yeah. But then you kind of create it. He creates a martyr, and you're like, okay, yeah, you're right. That probably wouldn't solve your problems if you did go do this big gesture. And that, I think kind of the message somewhere in there is just, yeah, it, life just kind of sucks sometimes. and It's just going to still suck, so quit trying to do things to fix it, which is probably one of the most honest things a movie could say to you. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna. I actually had that thought too. I was trying to think of how to phrase it. That yeah, this for me definitely made me re- remind me of what it was like to be in high school. And again, it's completely over the top and satirical and stuff. But yeah. I definitely had those cringe moments when I was watching it, where I was like, "Oh, I remember dumb shit like that happened in school and fucking hated it." And in a weird way, I feel like. <laughs> Like, Christian Slater's character is, like, um, he wants to kill, like, all the popular kids, 
because they all think they're better than everybody else. But then in a weird way shows that he thinks he's better than everybody else. So he wants yeah. to kill everybody. Yeah, and and that's there's some truth to that. And there that is kind of that is one of the reasons why high school is terrible is because everybody is sitting around in their own little group and they for whatever reason believe their group is better than all the other groups. And it is just kind of this vicious circle of like there's no good guys in high school. There's no like I don't care who you are, you weren't nice in high school. You were pretending to be nice, maybe. Yeah, that was that. That might have been that might have been part of your thing when you were in high school. You might have been part of that clique of people that like ran fucking bake sales to help the homeless or something. But you weren't really helping the homeless. You were really helping yourself. And if you're honest with yourself, you'll see that now. And that's fine. That's part of growing up. You're finding yourself and all that. But it's just. I think this is one of the very few movies that just honestly says like yeah everybody's horrible everybody is like, there's no hero in this movie what's the hero of veronica mm-hmm. veronica who like by the way like gets away with multiple murders in this movie because she's yeah. at, one, at one point she says she her like iq is so high that they wanted her to go from, straight from the sixth grade into high school but later she believes a story about magic bullets that don't really kill people like, no, 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 i'll no. tell you what that's another thing that made me dislike this movie a little bit her fucking character I remember distinctly liking her character, and on the rewatch, I was like, "Oh, I fucking hate you! I hate you!" The second you start talking, mm. uh, are you guys aware of the alternate endings for the movie? Uh, I am, but why don't you run through them in case the listeners not? Uh, well, one of them apparently was supposed to end with the big Christian Slater speech, where he's talking about how you know nobody can get along and not going to get along unless everybody's dead and all that shit. Apparently in the original ending, Winona Ryder's character makes that speech with that bomb strapped to her chest and then uh, it's supposed to zoom in on her and she just very softly says, boom. And the next thing you see is them all at prom dancing and being happy. And then of course you notice that a couple of the characters who have died throughout the movie are there and it's supposed to be like them having a peaceful prom in heaven because she was right. They all had to die. Uh, the other ending has to do with, I'm not sure what happens before it, but when she goes to try to make amends with the, the ugly fat girl that uh, is taking a lot of shit throughout the movie, it ends with uh, her attempting to make amends, and that girl fucking stabs her in the chest. Stabs her in the chest and then yells, fuck you, Heather. Yeah. She's like, my name's not Heather. Yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of wish that was the ending. I don't hate that ending. Yeah. Because that one, like, like the one, I hate to describe her as the fat, ugly girl, but that's basically her character. Like, mm-hmm she's the one that isn't portrayed as horrible in the movie and it'd be nice if there was some little hint to remind us that she's horrible too because I'm confident she is if we spend more time getting to know her character because she's a teenage girl they're not capable of not being horrible well and there's the great there's the great twist of her attempting to commit suicide and she's the one person who's actually trying to kill themselves in the movie and everyone still treats her like dog shit like she's trying to do it to get attention yeah, and that I mean that just goes speaks to the overall message of the movie where people have predetermined what they think about someone and it really doesn't matter what they do. I do like that they try to like 
they portray this one teacher character as someone who actually cares. And you're yeah. like, oh, she's trying to get everybody help and everything. And then when she does, it turns out she literally called the news. Yep. Just so the news would come and cover it so she would be on TV. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, you're fucking horrible, too. You're all horrible. Yeah. And then it turns into a weird, like, well, only, like, fucking Billy Madison moment where it's like, all the cool kids kill themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so weird. It's, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a weird thing to have a movie where everybody sucks as much as everybody sucks in this movie. <laughs> and you're just like, even like Veronica's parents, like we get those sort of funny moments that are meant to display the complete lack of understanding that teenagers and their parents have with one another when she keeps repeating the same conversations with her parents over and over again. And even though it appears they're getting along, you clearly see they're not really speaking. And it's, I mean, the, the, the commentary is pretty heavy. I think anybody who's seen the movie will know what they're getting at there. Then, like later, when they're worried about her killing herself, you realize they don't really—they clearly don't know much about her. They really don't care anything about her. They're like just following JD's instructions, like at random. And it's like you're her parents. Shouldn't you be freaked out at the concept of her killing herself? But they—they they don't seem to care. And I think that's definitely, like, from a high school kid's perspective, at least, you would think your parents don't really care. They certainly don't understand you. No, if you're if like now that we're old men talking about this, it's like oh yeah, like if you think you understand your teenage kids, you don't. You're lying to yourself again, just like the people who thought they were being nice in high school. It's like there are certain universal truths, you know. <laughs> uh, the the last thing that I do find like worthy of discussion with this movie. Which is odd because it's one thing that is is completely unintentional because they couldn't have known about it. The fact that this movie, if it was made today, if this was put in theaters, people would lose their fucking minds. Yeah. Over them being so cava fucking leer about guns in school and a fucking a student strapping a bomb to his chest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit, shit like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, that wouldn't fly today. No. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I'm surprised this movie doesn't get more flack for stuff like that. Um, cause, I mean, it, it's a, I would say it's like a cult movie. Like A lot of people seem to enjoy it. Just about everybody I know has seen it. So, I mean, it's not like it's an obscure movie, but it seems like when when we get into our talk of uh, portrayals of school violence or whatever, this one seems to get a pass. Whereas, like, something like the Basketball Diaries or other movies, like, have to be brought up by how violent they are and whatever. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, when the two uh, football players are fucking with the, uh, the Slater character, and he pulls out that gun and fires it in their face with a blanket and... Like, that was the first thing that went through my head. I was like, oh, sweet fuck. If they yeah. did this in a fucking movie today, it would not. If I, I think you could get away with it, but not with the tone of this movie. No, you'd have to be a much lighter comedy, I think, to get away with it. This, the dark comedy of this movie would make people take it too seriously. I don't know. Or it'd have to be darker. 
if it was a darker movie. Oh, you yeah, oh, cause you, you can make movie. Yeah, you can. Like Gus Van Sant made a school shooting movie, and there's that we need to talk about Kevin movie. There's a bunch of school shooting movies mm-hmm. out there, but they all take it so deadly serious, and they all they all imply that teenagers put a lot more thought into stuff than they do. And I like I bet you if you broke it down, I'm I'm no expert, but I bet you if you look at a lot of like school shootings, those kids probably decided to shoot up that school a week before they did it. And it was just how long it took to make it work. <laughs> it's just, I don't think that much thought goes into most things that teenagers do. Good times. There are, there are a couple of things I think this movie deserves credit for though. Like mm-hmm. starting well, the, the easy one to say is like, it's hugely influential on them. Like every teen movie that came after it. And some of the very specific ones are like, I've heard people say this is like a, uh, predecessor to Mean Girls, which I think is there's some truth to it, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a Mean Girls is just a big dumb comedy, whereas this is a very dark film and a very <laughs> a very different take. But um, the, one thing I've, I've really noticed watching this movie is like the like the casual date rape that exists. I assume oh. in all of 80s cultures. I was movie, wondering if you were, if that was the point you were going to make, because if not, that's a point I was going to make. Yeah, like the, but this movie is the only one that sees it as a negative, right? Does yeah. this movie not deserve credit for that? Like, it, when the two girls go to the college party, it's our, like, air quote, heroine is the one that is like, she's the one that's like, no, I'm not going to just do whatever this guy says. And the other girl just caves to the pressure to try to fit in oh and it's oh. like she's she's our like air quotes villain again it's like okay they're at least trying to send a message that it's like wrong for older guys to pressure teen girls into sex yeah <laughs> although i'll tell you something because once again and i and I, you can say it's an acting choice or whatever but because of the way they portray uh, when a writer's character is being such a fucking uptight, uh, I, I don't know what the, the correct word is—a fucking superior ass person. If that makes sense. When she rejects the guy, it goes from being a her doing the right thing to like her. It comes off as she's just. A, a fucking uptight bitch, you know what I mean? Which is not the fucking way that should come off. Whatever you're uh, refusing the advances of a fucking rapist. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if I interpret it that way. I'm just saying it's it's because of the way they have her portrayed. Because because she goes, you know, I have a speech that I give my suitors when they want more. Oh, you're not worth my speech. And then she, you know, she turns on the room. You're like. Shut the fuck up. I don't know. I like I think that was just because the whole movie is cartoonish and over the top. That was a bit of a cartoonish no, and over the top reaction. And I but agree with you. I that's the tone that of the movie. Because of that, because of that weird tonality they put on these characters, it it once again it comes off weird. Well it it is weird, but like it again, it's not a real world movie. It's not designed to be. Um, so I don't know because there is the other scene too where they go on the double date mm. and she's like the girls clearly don't want to be there and then the guy is like it's not clear exactly how consensual the sex <laughs> is 
it's not it's pretty clear it's not 100 percent consensual and it's like the fact that the next day that girl is helping those guys attack her rather than having her come and like go with her to the police is like i think the film is making the point here of like a society is allowing this type of date rape to go on and nobody seems to think it's a problem and the film clearly does view it as a problem it's clearly all the wrong people are involved in it in those activities trying to make that point i don't know yeah, once again, everybody's a monster. They all deserve to die. <laughs> sure. It's You're sad. not wrong. It's sad. It's sad that they don't all die. Yes, except, for the, except for the poor, fat, ugly girl. She didn't deserve to die. <laughs> I, I, I still think the problem there was we just didn't spend enough time with that character. If we did, eventually we would find out why she was Because even her, like, I hate to say it, but, like, they bring her, like, that fake note where, like, the high school football guy is, like, going to sinners like sexually charged notes across the gym and she believes it and it's like i don't know. come on man at some point it's like there's a reason why you're not popular it's because you're dumb if you believe that <laughs> uh, you know what i mean like, uh, see i don't say that's dumb that's that's uh that's using hope against the hopeless and that's that's super effective i don't know i just <laughs> uh, like, like I, I looked at that and i'm like yeah they're cruel for doing that to her but she's not blameless because she allowed that to be done to her. It's there. There, there's an element of. What's, well, uh, I, don't, no, I, don't, I don't think that's true. Whenever you're holding someone emotionally hostage, like if if you hand a homeless person a sandwich that's got a cat turd on it, and then he takes a big bite out of it, it and goes, "Ah, oh, now there was shit in this sandwich." You don't go, "Yeah, that was your fault." Well, I don't feel this is the same scenario. I think that, um, no, it's the exact same. It's offering something that that person needs desperately. Of course no, they're going to no, take it, it. No, did someone send you a fake note? Oh, don't don't think I haven't been fucking uh, carried. I've been carried. <laughs> not, not pig's blood far, but uh, it's happened. I'm just saying, I understand. No, it's it's happened to me too. I get you. Maybe it is the over the top nature of what goes on in the movie that makes me think like I I don't know. I I do think that you know weakness is a character flaw and it was clearly on display in that character. She's not a monster in the way most of the other people in the movie are, but she's far from perfect. I think the reason why I don't like this high school movie is the all the actors aren't like 35. That could be the problem. <laughs> in their 20s, it's almost appropriate ages. <laughs> One girl I mean, had to lie and say she was uh, she was 17 or whatever because she was actually like 23 and was afraid she wasn't going to get the the part. It's kind of funny. They should have they should have thrown a, a cigarette smoking Linda Blair in there. Jeez, things up. Did uh, did either one of you? It sounds like Noah read some of the trivia. Did you read any of the trivia, Doug? No, not really. Um, let me see if I can find the really depressing piece of trivia that um that weirdly predicted two people's death in this movie. Well, okay, you look for that. I have a comment about the suicides in this movie too. Because this right. is another thing that this movie gets. Um, completely right and i'm not sure how intentional it was but 
in the movie they portray it as if you glorify the suicides of these people that it will cause more people to commit suicide and that is like a factually accurate thing like that is there's a re, it, there's a lot more suicides in our society than people think there are and one of the reasons they're not reported is because it's been shown that if you report on them it causes more of them to occur <laughs> so it's kind of this weird catch-22 where we don't address the problem of suicide because nobody nobody's talking about it but then if we talk about it we immediately cause a, a short-term spike in the suicides and this film kind of delves into that yeah, again. Michelle, Michelle Bachman caused an avalanche of suicides in Minnesota Michelle Bachman the lady that ran for president or whatever oh, yeah she used to run an entire school district in Minnesota and she started a policy of non-intervention on uh, anything that might appear that a teacher is taking a stance on a homosexual relationship which means in a school bullying situation, you're walking down the hall, right? And a big guy's beating the shit out of another person. You're supposed to stop that. But if that big dude is beating the shit out of the other person and calling him a fag, you're not allowed to intervene because then you're taking a stance on those kids and feelings of homosexuality. Okay. So it basically Im immunized bullying in those schools as long as it was against gay kids. And so then gay kids started to suicide and because of what you're talking about where it started getting televised and they start everybody started talking about all these things happening, you know committing suicide more and more and more and more and god i, I want to say it's like 20 something kids in her school district killed themselves. it was it was insane that's that's crazy and then she ran for fucking president because america fucking sucks mm -hmm. <sighs> All right, I did not know that about her. I knew I knew she was dumb. I didn't know she was evil. Um, guess I should have assumed. Um, Always assume was, evil. American politics. <laughs> Rule number one. I wasn't trying to go there, though. I was trying to go with the... I think the movie deserves credit for at least having a discussion, even though it doesn't really offer a solution to that real-world problem, where I don't, again... I don't know that I can think of another movie where that issue is addressed. At least not addressed well. I think the problem is, though, is if you're trying to lean on this movie of having a message of not glorifying suicide, I think that message gets completely counteracted when Christian Slater's character gets to make the big fucking speech at the end of the movie and then kill himself. <laughs> In which he kind of comes off as you're still like on his side a little bit. You're like, yeah, that's right. Fiction. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, and I think that's an interesting thing, though, because I think that that's part of the movie's message is again, like he sucks too, right? Like it's you. You, you mentioned earlier that it's he is mad at everybody else for thinking they're better than him, but deep down he thinks he's better than all of them. Yeah, and you know. Obviously, depending on who you are as a person, you might side with different characters in this movie. But you're probably fitting into one of those categories, and you probably are thinking you're better than everybody else. And the message is supposed to be that, you know, you're not. Everybody, again, everybody, it's not that everybody's good enough, it's that everybody sucks enough. Um, which is, it's not a positive message, but it's kind of a realistic one. Um, so I, found, I actually found two pieces of interesting trivia. 
Uh, one that will tie into our show next week. Uh, so the nerdy girl that uh, uh, went on a writer used to be friends with, but wasn't cool enough to stay friends with, is played by Renee Estevez, who is Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen's sister. Oh, look at that. That's a very and, talented family. Yeah. And then uh, big one, which is more sad than anything else, is that two of the cast members died in ways which were eerily prophesized in the movie. Um, so Jeremy Applegate, whose character Peter, he's at the funeral and he prays, he prays to God that he'll never commit suicide. Uh, apparently shot himself uh, in the year 2000 and killed himself. That's unfortunate. And then Kim Walker, whose character Heather Chandler asks, do you have a, br- did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Apparently died of a brain tumor in 2001. All right. That was that was a little bit more of a stretch, but <laughs> and the uh, the magic bullets that JD uses, e- what what the fuck is it? Each Lug bullets. I don't know. Yeah, I don't try to pronounce German words. Well, apparently that's German for I'm lying. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a fun little joke. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's nice. He was actually very honest with her, and she just had no idea. Again, she was like supposed to be this super genius character who basically pretended to believe his story so that she could go along with murder. <laughs> and then even in the moment, one guy was clearly already dead from being shot with those bullets. She still shot at the second guy. <laughs> yeah. She was happy to kill some people. Yeah, she went along with it, and so at the end, they kind of she is the one that's like the good guy. But it's like you're the good guy that committed like three murders throughout the course of this movie. You're, you're gonna skate away scot free and just be like, "Well, he made me do it." Um, so I'm gonna guess a uh, big recommend for me and Doug, not so much from Noah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I remember enjoying it the last time I watched it, and this time I did not enjoy it. <laughs> there were bits. There were bits of it that were pretty funny. Like I said, that that uh, fucking water bottle thing with him being gay, yeah. that moment was actually like a laugh out loud bark kind of laugh. But I don't know the rest. Of it, it's just I don't know. It's it's not funny. It's not really intense. It's not really attractive. It's just kind of a movie. I, I don't think very many people are going to watch it and think blah. I can understand someone saying they don't like it because they don't like the stylistic choices made by the, the writers and directors. I, the idea that it's blah is weird to me. But who knows? We have some really messed up listeners, so maybe some of them will agree with you. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. Yeah, because I definitely think there's an argument to be made that this movie isn't for everybody, that it, you know, dark comedies tend to be, uh, you hear about them as being cult films a lot because they don't always go for a mainstream audience, that it, it just doesn't work for a lot of people. And this one in particular, I mean, it's very bleak view of the world combined with its cartoonish atmosphere through much of the movie is going to be a, a hard combination for some people to get into and that's fine like you're you're allowed not to, to just not like it 
most of my complaints about what Noah's been saying is just that I don't I don't see his arguments, but teach their own, I guess. Mm. Uh, all right. Is there anything else before we move on to our second feature? No. Nope. Uh, so I teamed this up with Sorority Row, which is the 2009 remake of House on Sorority Row. Uh, basically, the simple connection was that uh, in the beginning of Sorority Row, these sorority girls are trying to play a trick on this guy who cheated on his girlfriend and make them believe that he had uh, overdosed her on roofies. And... So he, they, they're transporting her to the what they say is going to go to the hospital, but then they play it up that she died in the car while everybody's trying to keep a straight face, and this dude is, like, freaking out. Uh, so, of course, they pull off to this abandoned mine because those are just everywhere. It's just, they just have a lot of those within, like, five-minute drives of most yeah. college campuses. Sure. Uh, and so they have the main girl, like, laying on the ground, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do, and they decide we're going to dismember her body so that way if we throw it in the lake or whatever, uh, there won't be air trapped in it and it won't float to the surface. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but whatever. Um, while they are jokingly looking for sharp rocks to dismember her body, the guy freaks out, takes a tire iron, and bursts it through her chest to let out any air so they can just throw the body in the the lake and it would just sink so now they have a very real dead body and they uh, are trying to figure out what to do two of the girls are not on board for trying to cover this up they think they should go to the police uh, of course all the other snotty sorority sisters don't want to ruin their future over one mistake they end up uh, taking the jackets of the main girl who does not want to do this, wrapping up the body and throwing it down a mine shaft. Uh, so that way she's complicit so that if, you know, they tell, then her jacket's there to lump her in with everybody else. Cut to eight, eight months later. Uh, they're all graduating. They're going to throw a big party at their sorority house that is uh, the sorority mom is played by... Carrie Fisher and uh, they're throwing this big party but then they start getting weird text messages and slowly but surely they all start getting killed one by one in very typical slasher fashion Yeah, it's, it's I know what you did last summer with a tire iron very much so um, so I picked this movie I remember people kept, kept saying actually that it was actually a halfway decent slasher because it looked just sort of like uh, uh, I don't know PG thirteen garbage when it came when it was being advertised. So I never watched it. But comparing it, it was actually a decent slasher movie. If you like slasher movies, finally got around to watching it. Actually enjoyed it. Thought it was actually a halfway decent slasher. So I teamed it up, and now I'm curious, Doug, what did you think of this movie? This movie was garbage. Oh. Um, this is your typical 2000s wannabe slasher crap where oh. it was just, I mean, there was nothing in it that was vaguely unique plot wise. There was nothing in it that was, none of the kills are particularly original or particularly good. 
Oh, I disagree with that, but go ahead. None of the acting is... I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. It's 2009 low-budget horror movie acting. This movie, I'm surprised. Like, I read that it's a rated R movie, mm. and I can't. I don't understand really why. I think this would probably be a PG-13 movie if it came out today. Lots of boobs in it. A little. But even, like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, a few of those kills are pretty violent, bro. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I was thinking too. Did you watch like a like a cut version of it? Did you watch like a TV cut? Oh, I didn't watch a TV cut. I don't. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like none of the none of the kills were fun to me. I, it just felt blah. Like that's. It felt like nothing. It felt like watching like a high school presentation of an '80s slasher movie, except. All the characters are way too glossy, if that's the right word. Like nobody had a hair out of place the entire movie, even when they were all supposed to be in like pajamas and stuff. They were still like all perfect. And there was yeah. all sorts of like nonsense shit. Like there's that one random scene where the girl decides to have sex with the guy in a hot tub in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, well, at least they're tr- like maybe they're. I don't know. I didn't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking either this is just an excuse to have boobs because they think it's been too long, but then there weren't any in the scene. And then I was thinking, well, maybe they think they're being clever and doing like a parody of slashers and thinking like, okay, since slashers have these meaningless sex scenes, we'll throw one in. But I don't think that's what it was. So I don't know what the hell the point of that scene was. I, don't, I felt that way about most of the scenes in this movie. Because the whole, they were supposed to have sex. So they, they could then be murdered. Have you never seen a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like to stop the whole movie the way they did and just be like, let's have this whole thing where she wants to have sex in the hot tub in the middle of the day with everyone around and he doesn't want to do it and then they do it and it's like, why are we having this thing? If you if you just need a sex scene, just have them sneak off to one of the other rooms and have sex like normal human beings. And then, I don't know, like, everything just felt like that. And at the end, it was like, okay, we're going to get, like, a bunch of little, like, twists on who the killer could be. And it's like, I don't care about any of this. And the didn't feel like the ending was in any way, shape, or form predictable. They were just trying to do the, like, I don't know if they thought they were being Scream or what they thought they were doing. And then you had, like, the weird Carrie Fisher character who was like, hey, cool, it's Carrie Fisher. But then you're like... Do sororities in 2009 have like a den mother that lives in them? Yes. Do they? Yes. I don't understand sororities, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know. And then like when she comes back at the end and she's got like a shotgun, I'm like what the fuck is happening? She's Carrie Fisher. Come on. They just that character should have that should have been a cameo, and she should have just left, and we'd never heard from her again. <laughs> Having her come back with a shotgun at the end was ridiculous, unless she was going to be the killer. If she was the killer, I'd have been down 100% with this movie. But <laughs> That one little change, you would have been down if, with it? If at the end of all of this shit, it had been like Carrie Fisher and that other girl was like her daughter or they'd had a very close relationship and she'd been particularly upset about it and found out that it was these girls that killed her, I'd have been like, okay, at least then you're doing... At least then it would feel like an 80s slasher trope and you'd be paying tribute to those corny movies from that time that are awesome but I, I just I don't know 
there's some, I think a lot of it just has to do with the glossy late two thousands atmosphere of this movie where everybody's perfect. Like every guy takes off their shirt, there's not a single hair on their body, and every girl is like wearing a push-up bra, like at all times of the day, no matter what's happening in the scene. And uh, it just—it's just frustrating to me to even see movies like this. <laughs> so Noah, what did you think? Uh, so I have a lot of the same things to say that Doug said, but with a different inflection. So. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so they push up bras on no matter what time of the day it was. So it's a bunch of overly glossy fucking <laughs> stuck up college kids getting murdered. Good, right? <laughs> Stereotypical slasher crap. Good. <laughs> these, these are things that I want. Stupid weapon that makes no fucking sense. I'm okay with it. <laughs> That's probably the worst part of the whole movie. I'm like, how do you, how would you kill somebody with that without hurting yourself? Yeah, that, and then it really never made any sense whatsoever. That weapon, no. like, you don't have a weapon like that without having an origin story for that weapon. That's what you need, right? I don't know. Yeah. You have a, you have a flashback that shows him making that weapon. That makes this a better movie. It would have made a lot more sense to have that than that stupid scene where the girls like goes to meet like her boyfriend's dad and he like threatens her or whatever the hell happens in that scene is a is opposed to other movies with stupid weapons what's next a glove with knives on the fingers <laughs> we get an origin story for the glove with a knife don't we <laughs> i don't think what i just fucking said what's that? i said do, do they actually do the uh the the glove in the first film yeah in the very opening he's crease yeah. making the glove okay so there during, during the opening credits. One could argue the glove is the star of the movie and Freddy is a supporting character to that glove. But I don't know. I, I mean, for the most part, I, I I like the fact that this movie doesn't like uh, put a lot of pretense on anything. You know what I mean? Everything's just an excuse for the next person to die, which I'm totally into, or to show a boob, which solid. Well, if you're going to sell me a bunch of violence, you might as well throw a boob or two in. Uh, overly, overly made up, pretty stuck up people getting murdered. Like I said, that always makes me happy. Those are the best people to die. Them and teenagers, fucking teenagers, <laughs> with their youth, <laughs> always having premarital sex and smoking marijuana, smoking the jazz cigarettes. Sons of bitches. Um, I agree with Doug that who the killer was at the end was kind of like what the fuck. <laughs> I do. I do agree. The, re the reveal is completely retarded. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed everything up to that point, though. Yeah, I would have rather. I would have rathered it be someone fucking obvious than hmm. than that stupid. It's the boyfriend. Oh yeah. Yeah. If, if it had been somebody obvious, at least then you would have. I would have been watching it thinking, "Oh, this movie knows it's stupid." But I genuinely think the people who made this movie think that it was clever. And that offends me. Because there was nothing clever about it. And I, I think if if you're going to make the killer someone as unobvious as the random boyfriend that fucking there's no lead in to him being the killer, there's no need for all the fucking red herring. Like, you don't need the little sister. You don't need the fucking... Uh, 
the Marm character, although I think you're completely wrong, having Carrie Fisher show up the shotgun. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's, that's good shit. Hey, hey, Noah. Hey, Noah. Yeah. I think Doug missed the point of this movie. I know. She even got a cool last line where she's like, stay the fuck away from my girls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he used the the word the words "cool last line" wrong there. I also like uh, uh, "dangerous foam" with <laughs> fear the foam. There could be a killer in the foam. <laughs> yeah, she gets uh, she gets her leg caught and dragged into the foam, horror movie style. And that could be fun if this movie were fun up until that point. I just see. I I think especially especially the first few kills, they do them in ways that I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like the the fucking uh, the the wine bottle in the mouth shit. Yeah, it was that. That's a and, I, and I, when you say wine bottle in the mouth, I'm like, yeah, good idea. It was the execution of the kill that was just. Really, I, I like I that effect. I didn't like it. I I didn't, and a, and a lot of it had to do with like the the long ass lead ups to the kills that went on at the beginning there. Like when the one girl goes to her, is that the wine bottle? Is she the one that's at the psychiatrist's office? She's going to have sex with them for pills. I'm like, do we, like, we know she's going there. She's getting killed. We got that figured out. Does it need to be a 45 minute scene of her? Like going through all these different motions and he's tied up in the bed for some reason. And like, was any of that enjoyable for you, for you guys watching it? I mean, that's pretty much what happens. Once once again, that happens in every horror movie. Why is it a problem in this horror movie? In every horror movie, you have college girls going to have sex with the psychiatrist to get pills, and he's already tied up by a previous person when they get there? Let's, let's just go with a quintessential one, such as Jason. How how often do we have girl running and screaming through the woods for five and a half minutes when you know she's going to get fucking killed? Yeah, but she's being chased that whole time. That's part of the plot. Or her opening and closing doors and you waiting for him to be in the mirror just over and over and over. And then, you know, she walks by and, oh, there there's a shadow back there. Probably kill her back there in that closet. I'm just saying, it's a, that's a pretty standard trope. Yeah, and, and I am saying it's mainly the execution that's the problem. It's like yeah. following these just, I don't know, CW characters around while we wait for them to get killed. I'm just like, I don't want to see these people on my screen at all. But you're going to see them get killed, and that's what you should be hoping for. Yeah. And yeah, the kills just didn't work me in the way they seem to have for you guys. The only kill I kind of liked was the guy that was like in the wall. Yeah, yeah, that one was that one was okay. Um, if it had happened earlier in the film, I probably would have enjoyed it. But by then, I was pretty checked out. Mm. I don't know. It's, I just don't think you can necessarily do a slasher film that's all glossed over and like this. Like I say, you can't have you can't have these like I don't know. I don't even know how to describe them. I keep saying CW characters, but that's the only thing I can think of to describe. Like I, I don't want to see those people in a slasher movie. Want to see annoying '80s teenagers in the slash? Well, I mean, the the problem is, is the type of teenagers you wanted to see get murdered in the '80s don't really exist anymore. Now you have to find new people to hate that you want to die. 
these shiny fucking people with their good hair. But part, they're part the of that, they're the ones that deserve to die. Now. Part of that is the issue, though. You know what? In all honesty, though, like in the '80s when you watched the slasher movie, you were happy to see the characters die because you were rooting for the killer, not because you wanted the characters to die. Most of the time, you didn't want them to die. Sure, you did. Most of them. I, well, I mean, I, wa- I wanted them to get the dudes in the wheelchair. What was up with the 80s and killing people in wheelchairs? Yeah. yeah, I didn't want that guy to die. Like, when I watched a slasher movie in the 80s... You're telling me you did not want Franklin to die in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, Franklin doesn't count. Yeah, Franklin's a, a, an exception. But, for the most part, when I'm watching a slasher movie, like a Friday the 13th specifically, I'm not... I want to see the people get killed but I don't necessarily want them to die does that make any sense like I want to see them get killed because I'm rooting for Jason and I want him to be happy and I know that that'll make him happy when he kills people but I'm not it's not because of the characters that I want them to die like I would want Jason to kill anybody who was there you can tell by the way he walks a little faster toward the end of the movie he's really getting into it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I, I made a sol- I think I made a solid point there, and you guys are mocking me. You don't know <laughs> I just, I just, I find the idea of Jason like really enjoying killing people to be awkward. It sounds like a robot chicken sketch, <laughs> where, where like you see what happens after he stabs him, and he starts like fucking dancing like the Six Flags guy. <laughs> <laughs> I got another one, Mom! <laughs> Nobody's that good at their job if they don't enjoy it at least a little bit. He was having fun. Yeah. The weird thing is that Freddy, Freddy would have been a much better example because he really does get off on <laughs> I have a whole thing where I don't really consider the Nightmare on Elm Street movies to be slashers, though. Supernatural slasher. Sure. Much like the second half of... Friday the 13th. But I think, like, even the. Even when after Jason becomes a zombie, those are clearly still slasher films. They still follow the formula. They just have to resurrect Jason because of how they made the mistake of killing him in some of the previous movies. Or all of the previous movies. But. They still fit the formula, right? Whereas Nightmare on Elm Streets don't necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I enjoy this movie. I would say my biggest my biggest complaint of the whole thing is the uh, the look of the killer whenever uh, he hasn't been revealed yet in the the generic like hooded like black clothes bullshit like that's yeah. been done so many fucking times. Yeah, well, it's because this movie was ripping off. I know what you did last summer, and that it was just take the green slicker thing and paint it black. Basically, was the look, right? Yeah just kind of like CW it up and make it even more slick and perfect rather than just does anybody even remotely get dirty in any of these scenes in any of these movies in this whole movie when they're like out at the old mine shaft and the one girl like falls down into the thing does she she had some dirt on her even have dust on her yeah well all that dust is made of uh, powder foundation she falls. It just makes her skin even more luxurious. Alright, well, Noah, what was your favorite kill in the movie? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm 
So I, I, gotta, really, I really like that wine bottle. That's the one I was going to pick, as much as Doug doesn't like it. Because uh, me and Amanda were watching it, and he just like hammers down on that wine bottle. It goes right in her throat. Amanda's like, holy, holy shit. And I'm like, I know, right? And then he hits it again. So. Well, and if you want... If you want to get under my skin in a horror movie, which is not fucking easy to do anymore, anything that involves fucking teeth. Like, and I had to imagine that bottle broke all of her teeth. And I was like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) That partially sums up my problem with the movie, is you had to imagine that it knocked out her teeth. Show some teeth at the floor, man. Oh, no. That's too much. (laughs) Don't need that. I mean, even, even, uh, goddamn it, what, what the fuck is the name of the Guillermo? Guillermo what what are you movie? doing over there? That's my dog. All right, <laughs> I will fucking murder you. Uh, uh, don't, don't be afraid of the dark. Is that, is that the yeah. With the little tooth fairy things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that movie's not scary, but Jesus, they keep fucking with people's teeth, man. Can't do it. Can't, the beginning of the movie where his hand's shaking and the chisel scrapes scrapes that girl's teeth. I was like, no! <laughs> so is it stuff happening to teeth or is it just teeth in general? That... Just every time somebody smiles, he gets upset. <laughs> no, things happening to teeth. I don't know why that's so bad, but it's fucking bad. The dentist movies, those movies are shit, but they fucking bother me. We should watch those for a show. Yeah, I was curious. Uh, did you watch the first season of uh, Channel Zero on Sci-Fi? I did not. With the giant tooth monster. Yeah. I have not watched it yet. I was just curious. He's really, he's really toothy. Mm-hmm. Is there any moments where he moves around and you hear a lot of enamel scraping on stuff? Oh yeah. Oh, see, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there's a. I think there's a part where a lady feeds him a tooth and he eats it. So. Oh no! <laughs> None of that is okay. Uh, I don't know why that. that's the thing. It, that in little cuts, like like people getting a paper cut or something in a movie. Mm. Oof. Death of a thousand cuts. Oh yeah, I don't. Something about that, like getting stabbed. I'm like, ah, I got stabbed. Little cut. I'm like, ooh. Did you watch the segment on Jackass where they were giving finger cuts between their toes? Oh, yeah. Or paper cuts? Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Alright, and somehow, us talking about peanut butter on hamburgers has given us a lot of feedback this week. I don't know how that's possible. Every time we talk about food, that's time true. That's true. Yeah. We got to reformat the show. This is going to do a food podcast. What's that like? Isn't that like shows about top chefs or whatever? We'll have to start watching those and reviewing those. No. Okay, fair, fair enough. I won't.
Let's, <laughs> let's get weird, the Burger Topping Podcast. <laughs> this week, gummy bears and lima beans. Ooh, that sounds gross. <laughs> and then sure enough, we're going to get somebody next week. Look, I like gummy bears and lima beans on my burger. Shut up. The worst thing is somebody's going to take that idea, run with it, and then become like a professional podcaster. We're all going to be sitting there in our day jobs, listening to their podcast while we work. Oh, fucking oh, son no. of a bitch, steal my idea. I'll, I'll tell you what, if I turn on Netflix in fucking two months and there's a new Netflix show called Let's Get Weird, the burger topic, <laughs> I will find whatever his face is, the, the Asian chef that is now on every fucking cooking show, I will find him and stab him for taking my idea. Like it wasn't even my fault to be like, it doesn't matter. Well, I my, said it had to be you. You've already got seven shows. Stab, stab, stab. My assumption is he won't be involved in that show in any way, and it'll just be you killing an innocent man, but that's fine. <laughs> the best rage is misplaced rage. It's true. Everyone always says that. I wish I knew how to edit in that the more you know music right there. <laughs> the best rage is misplaced rage. Uh, all right. Uh, Doug, do you want to start off? With, uh, all right. We got Mark from South Australia writing in. Good day. Yeah. It's funny that we're responding to this email because I always say we assume Mark has been eaten by something since he wrote this, so he's probably no longer a listener, but we'll read it anyway for the benefit of our, of our living listeners. Former listener in memoriam. Yeah. So Mark said at the time that he was alive, uh, Hi guys, I've been a fan of Christian Slater since seeing him in Heathers in 88. That makes complete sense, because the one thing we all agreed on was Christian Slater's performance in that movie, even though I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, his performance in Pop Up the Volume made the movie one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, that was Pop Up the Volume was the movie I was looking forward to watching, rewatching the most as part of Slater September. Hey, there's, there's there's gonna be another September next year. I know we'll get to it. Wow, this is gonna be a regular thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's September. It's time for Slater September. Oh man, <laughs> I don't see I don't see how we get out of it now. It's gonna be real tough in like year four when we're really scraping the barrel, but or we can do it in December and it could be Merry Christian Slater Moss. No, it can't be that. No, That's it doesn't, that doesn't it, was work. it was annoying even listening to you say that once when I was listening to it four weeks in a row. <laughs> Anyways, back to Mark's email. Uh, Mark says I wanted to let you know about one of his less commercial films that's definitely worth seeing called uh, He Was a Quiet Man from 07 um, says he says it's a drama with black com- comedy in it um, and he's attached posters for it which obviously our listeners can't see but this movie has actually been on my watch list for a long time so it's Christian Slater Alicia Cuthbert and William H. Macy and I forget what the plot line of it is but I saw a few minutes of it back when it was a new movie and went oh man I'm going to have to watch this whole thing and then I haven't yet. It's been, well, according to Mark, it was released in 07, so it's been 11 years of me saying, hey, I should get to that. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking that I might actually get around to watching it now that I've been reminded. Uh, and I want to say thank you to Mark for that. Cause Thanks, Mark. 
I remember the performance from Alicia Cuthbert was pretty strong in this. I think she ends up there's some storyline where somebody's trying to shoot up an office, and I think or trying to blow up the office or something, and Christian Slater is ends up saving the Alicia Cuthbert character, but she still ends up like paralyzed and she has to be bad for part of the movie or something. Or I'm completely misremembering a movie I saw eleven years ago. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's something like that though it's i remember it looked really interesting so have you guys seen it or heard of it i've heard of it i've never seen it okay yeah, Do you know if my little plot description was right or was i making that all up what what me are you talking to me wait you said you've you said you've uh I said i heard of it have never seen it yeah but you know if anything i said about the plot was uh Okay, awesome by, by I heard of it, I literally mean I've seen the cover, and I was like, oh, I wonder what that's about, and then kept scrolling, and then never never followed up okay. on it. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So it's, it's, a, it's a long way around just for me to say, yeah, I saw the cover once. <laughs> okay. Realize that now, when you guys are talking about other things, I'm going to be looking this up to see if I'm right or not. <laughs> you probably are. Uh, was that it? Was that all of Mark's email? That was all of his email. He just wants us to watch that movie. Yeah. And I think we should. Well, next year, Slater September. Slater uh, strikes again. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what the plot of this movie is. So, yeah, so the movie is Christian Slater is like this. Uh, upset guy and he's going to shoot up his office but basically what happens is somebody else beats him to it and starts shooting at the office so he sort of accidentally becomes kind of like a hero of sorts I think mm. Mm. sounds interesting it's got William H. Macy in it it's got to be good yeah and it's know. from that period of time that as much as I don't like slashers from that sort of mid 2000s these sort of dark drama films there was like a plethora of pretty decent ones for a while the early to mid 2000s that were kind of low budget dark dark dramas that often were interesting so yeah might be worth checking out um all right so i have an email from a first time first time uh responder first time i don't know first time writer inner uh chris from toronto says, uh, hey guys, it's been a while, which I don't know what he's talking about. It's the first time he's ever written in. So, uh, I've been busy snooping around the set of It Chapter 2 that continues to film here in town. Uh, Doug, they're filming in Port Hope for the next two plus weeks. September 10th to September 26th. Find yourself a free day. Make it make the trip to Derry and I'll buy you a beer at one of our Primo water holes. Are you going to do that, Doug? Probably not. I've been to Port Hope, and I'm not sure they have Primo water holes unless that place has cleaned itself up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I don't have free days anymore. But it's, you take your kid with you to the bar. That's fine. Well, yeah, I take him to local bars, but he's not great at sitting in the car for the two hours it would take to get to a bar. Ah, uh, gotcha. So that makes sense. Uh, also, I managed to catch the world premiere of the new Halloween flick last night at TIFF. Uh, which for the layperson is the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, without spoiling anything, I'll say this is one of the best-looking horror films I've seen in years with some masterfully shot set pieces in a third act that I'm still buzzing over. 
though I am cautious of my own immediate post-festival screening overhype, I gave a glowing review of The Blair Witch on this very podcast. Hours, uh, hours if it's, hours after is what I'm assuming you're supposed to say, hours after its world premiere. I liked Halloween 2018 a lot, but it's not with a few problematic story choices. That said, the characterization of Lori is inspired. The music cues rival the original, and the shape's portrayal is as iconic as ever. It's obvious everyone behind the film is a fan of the franchise, and this Halloween flick is a worthy sequel to a classic. That makes me happy that somebody went to that screening and is actually like giving it positive. Because a lot of reviewers are giving it positive reviews, but... Mm -hmm. uh, they can't be trusted. Yeah, I don't trust them at all, but an actual horror fan who actually went and stood in those long-ass lineups for a midnight screening at TIFF, I've done that before, and that's... <laughs> you, you, you have to be pretty dedicated to go see a, a Midnight Madness screening at TIFF, and uh, if, it's, uh, if, if those people are enjoying it, then that is a positive sign. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that Halloween movie. Hmm. I'm trying to be as middle of the road as possible in my excitement yeah. so that if I go and actually somewhat enjoy it then I can just enjoy it and not be overhyped so let's see yeah. I mean as long as it's a lot more Halloween 2 and a lot less Halloween 6 <laughs> but Paul Rudd I want Paul Rudd to come back get your over mouth <laughs> Uh, Chris also put a link to his Instagram, which is Discover Dairy Maine, uh, which I've heard because you know this is the first time he's ever written in that uh, it's actually a lot of fun of him going around to different locations from it and uh, making it look like Dairy is a real town. So yeah, it's actually it's definitely a, a fun follow. Um, we as the Midnight Drive-In on. Instagram follow discovered Dairy Main on Instagram. So nice. We, uh, I, uh, it, it's it's a fun thing to see. They, he takes the pictures and really makes it seem like he's in a, a whole other place. Especially if you happen to know what Port Hope looks like. <laughs> and so it's you know you're like oh well I, that does look more like a scene from a movie than the actual town. So it's kind of neat. And uh, like, because he's there during the shooting, he actually gets shots of like things that have been set up too. So. Mm-hmm. which is cool then he emailed a couple days later says p.s i met stephen king yesterday and then posted a picture of his autographed copy of the stand and chris i want to say i hate you so much you have Second no idea day. my burning rage that i have against you right now uh, yeah i would uh i would say that stephen king is probably one of my biggest influences ever and I've wanted to meet him so bad, and he doesn't do book tours anymore in the sense that you can like go buy a copy and then go have him sign it. So the closest I've got, me and Noah and my wife went out to watch him talk with his son, Owen, when they were promoting Sleeping Beauties. Uh, and uh, of course, we had to sit all the way in the back of the auditorium and basically could barely make out what they looked like up on stage. So, yeah. so just just so we're clear too, if if, if you want me kicking yourself, uh, I find myself in the scenario where Chris invited me up to Port Hope sometime between the 10th and the 26th, 
and the Stephen King autograph is uh, dated for the 11th. Meaning, had I gone up and had beer with Chris, <laughs> I could have, <laughs> I could have got to meet Stephen King too. Ooh. Damn it! <laughs> you son of a bitch! All right, um, now you got the next email. Oh yeah, I got a couple. Uh, so we got an email from Jeff uh, from the Skewered Universe podcast. You guys know Jeff. Yeah, otherwise known as Jeff in California. Yeah, Jeff in California. Uh, he says, good episode. Love the discussion of Twilight Zone and the movie. The, oh, Twilight Zone, the movie, and. Tales from the Dark Side. But I have three points to make. Number one, peanut butter on a hamburger is fine as long as it's lightly used. Horse shit. No, sorry, no. I, <laughs> the appropriate amount of peanut butter on your hamburger is zero peanut butter, and yeah. I'm not. I'm not open to debate on this one really at all. I just don't. <laughs> Possibly somehow negative peanut butter. Yeah, you like have I, to throw away any peanut butter <laughs> for eating the burger. <laughs> like I just ground beef. It shouldn't be mixed with peanut butter in any format, really. Can't imagine a format where that makes sense. Yeah, Jeffrey Gross. Yeah. Uh, the James Remar segment of Tales from the Dark Side is easily the worst segment in that film. Lies. Uh, I agree. I agree. He's correct. Here. <laughs> it's, not as, it's not bad, but the rest are way better. Agreed. Uh, three. Noah lives around crazy people. If they were putting peanut butter in their chili or on toast and dipping it in that chili, never heard of that ever. You are one hundred percent correct. Those people are all fucking insane. <laughs> you heard me, fat kid. <laughs> oh, Evan, what are you doing? And and Miss Fat Kid, they both do it. Uh, again, though, there's still there's ground beef and chili. So my previous point still stands. There's no yeah. debate here. You don't mix the two. Yeah. I like chili. I like burgers. I love peanut butter. I eat peanut butter almost every day. Never put it with meat. Chicken, chicken and peanut butter can go together if it's very specific. <laughs> maybe, yeah, like maybe in a very small amount of peanut butter mixed into a much larger recipe. Well, or like chicken satay. Chicken satay is essentially skewered chicken with a sauce made out of peanut butter. It's delicious, but it's very specific. Mm. Some Chinese buffets I go to have peanut butter chicken. It's not bad. All right, uh, and then we also got an email from Riku Raccoon. Uh, he says, "Dear sirs, uh, liking peanut butter on a burger doesn't make someone a monster. Yes, it does. <laughs> it so does. I think it doesn't make them a monster. I think Riku's just trying to correct our language here. It's, it's demonstrates that they're a monster. It's, <laughs> it's a symptom of the fact that they're a monster. It's not the. It doesn't cause them to become a monster." Yeah, premise, it's evidence that you're a monster. Yeah. Premise one, monsters put peanut butter on hamburgers. <laughs> premise two, you put peanut butter on hamburgers. Conclusion, you are a monster. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy it, and it's tasty, and it adds a nice change from regular burgers. Do you no, want to change from regular burgers? Use some nice smoked cheese. Yeah, yeah, you can Swiss cheese, maybe Gouda. You can change all sorts of things to make a burger a little different. Yeah, but not not peanut butter. That's when you ruin the burger. Yeah. 
How about just like some classic cheddar cheese, but then you throw some jalapenos on top of it? There you go. Yeah, it's a nice healthy good. change. And then he says, it's not an every burger condiment. That's I agree with that, as in it should not go on every burger. Just, <laughs> every burger is exempt from being peanut butter. Uh, I enjoyed this week's picks for movies. Fun fact, I watched both of these after a drunken zombie did episodes on them. Wow. Uh, I didn't even remember that we did episodes on them. P.S. When is Hero Unabridged coming back? I would really like to start doing that again. The only problem is, is making that podcast is super fucking time consuming. And right now I have, like, I don't have extra time. You heard Noah's got other cats to buy. Oh my God. It just, it's made things so much worse. Why, why did I take the cat? <laughs> I don't know why you feel obligated to keep the cat. Didn't your parents go to Florida? Just every time they call, just be like, yep, cat's still here. Can't find it right now. It can't come to the phone. Well, that's just mean. The, the problem is, is I don't know if it's a naming convention, but I do have an unnatural love for animals. I can't, I can't, just, I can't abandon an animal. I'd be the same way. Plus, despite, other than the fact that the kitty is like a handful because it's a kitty, he's such a soft little sweet kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid, melting my heart bullshit. <laughs> all right, end of email. All, all right, right. Is, that, is that all her feedback? That's all of our feedback. So, so, how many of those mentioned the movies we've discussed in the last couple of weeks? Just the one, and two mentioned the peanut butter issue. <laughs> We're changing the format of the show. We don't really have a choice at this point. Well, I mean. Raku's mentioned that he liked both the movies. The the one you read from Mark mentions that he likes Christian Slater. Did mention Heather's. So yeah. I'd say that one counts. So half mentioned the movies, half mentioned peanut butter on burgers. This week, burger topping face off. And then one face of them was just versus barbecue sauce. One of them was just Chris rubbing in our face that he met Stephen King. Sounds like a bitch. We're just going to have to find a movie where Christian Slater eats a burger and review it every week. We don't have any way around it now at this point. Uh, doesn't he want a true romance? Yeah, I believe he does. Yeah, there's our starting point right there. He's right. going to have to pick pick a weird food stuff for every show. <laughs> Watch an old boy just so we can talk about him eating the squid. <laughs> Alright, did anybody else watch anything else this week? Uh, I did start watching uh, Godless, kind of like a Western TV limited series on Netflix. Which is funny, since you hate Westerns. I do hate Westerns, but it's got Jeff Daniels as the bad guy, and I really fucking like Jeff Daniels. Yeah. I don't and that. it's pretty, like, uh, gritty and <laughs> un- unforgiving, which which I appreciate Western. I like Westerns that are, like, this is what the old West was like. It was shit, and everyone talked. <laughs> well, just wait till next week. I'm saying, I can get, I can get down with that. I can get down with shit, and everyone dies. Oh, Arkansas Dave Rudabod, just you wait. Yeah, but uh, so far it's pretty good. I mean, Jeff Jeff Daniels is a, is a good bad guy. Of course, he is. Characters are all interesting. The setting's interesting. Yeah, Jeff Daniels is usually just good at everything, so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's also got, oh, is another sleazy bad guy 
the guy from Sons of Anarchy, and I can't remember what his character's name was. The Tig. Oh yeah. The, the dude who always came off as a menacing rapist. You know what I'm talking about? In Sons of Anarchy, that was eighty five percent of the cast. Yeah. This is him specifically. If but it's the uh, guy, if it's a guy I, you're thinking. I think you're thinking of. He would suit a western. He's got that kind of look. Yeah, he plays one of the enforcers for the mining company that's coming in to take over everything. And uh, he's he's playing a bad guy as usual. He's a good bad guy, too. So, so yeah. Uh, I haven't finished it, but I think it's a recommend. Plus, it's a limited series, so I'm assuming it has an end. And I always appreciate a series that gives you an ending so you don't have to worry about it getting fucking canceled. Yeah, that helps. Uh, and unfortunately, that was pretty much it. I didn't have much anything else. What about you, Doug? What did you watch? I also only watched one TV series. I got through all yeah. of Iron Fist season two. Yeah, Iron Fist. It is a very, very much improved on the first season. It's much, much better. Uh, fight choreography is way better. The storyline is simple but like it's, it's interesting enough that you keep watching but on the other hand it's simple enough that you're just like it's just a little superhero story you know do you think guy, uh yeah. do you think iron fist the first season suffered maybe from being the setup for the defenders i uh, know i feel like it's more they just didn't fucking get it yeah if that makes sense my big thing is like me, me knowing very little about iron fist going in my big thing was that they wanted to do an origin, but they didn't want to commit to an origin. So they had that weird off-putting, like, okay, at the beginning, he's like this weird, confused guy who just came back after being away for so long. And then all of a sudden, he's just not anymore. And it was like, you're trying to tell two stories at once here. And so that might be partially due to the fact that it was the setup for Defenders. But anyways, yeah. Like season two is much, a lot more straightforward. It's a lot more like he's out there fighting crime. Villain comes along, they have to deal with it. Um, it is more complicated than that, but it's not. I don't know. It's not as weird and twisty as some of these other seasons have gotten, where you can't follow what's going on unless you're paying dead attention, and um, you know. I also like some of the stuff they do with a lot of the side characters, which I think is right now that's the strength of the Marvel TV stuff is the side characters. So I mentioned when we discussed uh, Luke Cage season two that I really liked what they were doing with Misty Knight. She plays a major role now in Iron Fist as well, which is nice to have her come over. And like she was already tied in these characters because they made her new arm after her arm got chopped off in Defenders. Mm -hmm. Spoiler for. Whatever four shows ago, so um, well, I was going to say I, I I got Jessica Jones done just enough time for them to put Iron Fist up, so now I'm still two two uh, two shows behind. Yeah, but yeah, so I mean, I liked there. There's a lot of interaction between Misty Knight and uh, what's her name, Colleen Wing. I hope her name's Colleen Wing because if if I'm making that up, it's very racist. But if it's, it's I believe it's, it is. It's, 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 it's Colleen Wing. Colleen Wing, daughter of the dragon. Okay. Yeah, Doug. Call her by her full name. Oh, All right. Um, yeah, 
so I, I really like the interaction between Misty and Colleen. And there's like hints that they could be working together in the future, which is something I would look forward to. Um, yeah. I don't know that it, the show did a really good job of balancing being just a straightforward, clear narrative. Here's a bad guy. We're going to fight him with enough twists and turns to keep it interesting and to not, it wasn't entirely predictable where it was going to go. I don't want to say too much about it without spoiling it, but there's a whole thing in there where people are trying to steal the iron fist and this kind of thing. So there is the, the last episode had a tie in to a character that I really, 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 really fucking like in the common ways. Okay. So I'm stoked about that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a big recommend if you're into the Marvel stuff, I think. Uh, I would, and I would give a spoiler warning and say that name, but I think Brian might know who it is or might not know who it is. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, uh, send Doug a private, uh, yeah. Well, I, I won't know who it is. Even, <laughs> even after having seen it, I won't know. But, I mean, it's um, a fucking, it's a side character in Iron Fist comics. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. there's like three fucking people other than me who they said the name and I went, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, apparently, yeah. Like, and there was a there was something dropped, and I was like, I had to go look it up because I could tell they were dropping the name of something from the comics, and I'm like, what the hell? And then, yeah, like when I looked it up, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense when they say it. But um, uh, from from just watching the trailers, I will say I'm I'm got excited when I saw they actually use the Iron Fist mask in some capacity in the show. Not the capacity you're expecting. I'll tell you that right now. Probably my, not, but my guess would be the next season you're gonna see uh, of the full Iron Fist, just by the direction that everything's going. Yeah, I can see it. So I don't know. Um, I wish I kind of wish that we had a spoiler section here if all three of us had seen it, so we could discuss some of the plot points that happened because I think they're really neat. But uh, without getting into it, I don't know. It's it's a very good season of television, whereas the first Iron Fist season was, like, I defended it as being a passable show. I, I watched it. I don't regret watching it, but it's not one I would ever consider watching again. This I could see myself watching again someday. I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping they're going to announce, there's, there's, because there's two different things that could happen. A season of just a Colleen Wayne show. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Or a Daughters of the Dragon show, which... I mean, they've already introduced most of those characters, so because that's that's Colleen, Misty, and uh, God damn it, what's what's her name? Uh, Wildcat. Oh, Trish. Or no, Hell Hellcat. Sorry, Hellcat. Yeah. Oh, Trish, okay. Trish, Jessica Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see and that. They, they can like even throw Trish 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 Night Nurse in there too if they wanted. Yeah. And just have an old lady kick ass show. I'd be, I'd be so fucking. Happy. I actually think they might be heading that way. I mean, certainly, I think we're going to get more of Colleen and Misty working together. Um, and I was like, I was hoping that was going to become Heroes for Hire with them working with Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Um, but it seems like they're going off in their own direction a little bit. But who knows? Because they could they could change their minds tomorrow and, and fix all that in the next season. Who knows? 
Uh, I did read a couple weeks ago that season two of The Punisher just finished filming. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped for that. Season three of Daredevil looks pretty good. Like, these shows are rolling along. I, I think if you like one, you'll, you'll want to watch them all. I think yeah. that's... I'll tell you what, though. So help me God, if they start season two of The Punisher and they do another fucking Frank reset, I'm going to be real fucking mad. <laughs> well, that's what, I'm, what I want from season two of The Punisher is him beating The Punisher, right? And they've established, like, they've set up the villain for season two. We know who it's going to be. Um, so it'd be neat... He's just out there punishering, and he has to then face off against this villain. Without spoiling Punisher season one, like he, he's going to feel some responsibility to take out that villain. It's obviously going to end up being more difficult than killing other villains. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I just want him to go curveball. They're like, Frankencastle! <laughs> no. <laughs> they could go a season with him where he was what? He was like an angel that was killing demons or whatever? Well, at one point, didn't he get the Iron Patriot suit dropped off? Oh, yeah. So, there you he go. Did. He was also the Sorcerer Supreme at one point, because that fucking makes sense. He was the Sorcerer Supreme. That is... Marvel, he was, uh, he was Ghost Rider for a little bit, too. Out every once in a while. I can see that. They go way over the top sometimes. Yeah. When it's like literally, it's just a dude that shoots people. Like that, that could be good enough. You don't need to add all this other stuff. In. Uh, let's see. Right before we started recording, uh, I finished up Castle Rock for the season. I haven't watched the last one. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm not too sure about the last episode. But I don't know. I don't know if they stuck the landing quite as much as I had hoped they were, but. Uh, it's been an interesting season, interesting story, and from what I've heard, it's already been picked up for season two. From what I heard, it's supposed to be like a American horror story type thing, where next season will be a different story. It takes place in Castle Rock, but there might be some crossover characters. But more than likely, the most of the cast will be new. So I don't know. I mean, there's still. Still excited to see it come back. I was a little bummed by the last episode. Don't know if it delivered on uh, what I was hoping it was going to, but uh, it's better than no Castle Rock. So I enjoy. I enjoyed it at least. Yeah, I've still only seen the first episode. I've got them all sitting here to watch. So mm. yeah, I think it's good. There's lots of stuff. Uh, my biggest disappointment, like I had mentioned before was that kid got gets dropped off at the bus station for Salem's lot. Yeah. And it's at night and I was like, oh, that kid's gonna he's gonna die. He's gonna get eaten up by vampires. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. I was like, what? No vampires? This is bullshit. Maybe that's just a tie in for next season or something. Maybe. Yeah. I, maybe they just want that hovering there for when they have time to use it kind of thing. No, I didn't expect any vampires, but just the fact that he gets dropped off at Salem's lot at night and the town looks completely deserted. I'm just like, well, come on. You can't do that. You can at least have dropped him off during the day, maybe. Maybe that would have made more sense. Well, that's the problem with shows like this, too, though. They're always going to set up stuff that doesn't pay off the way you want to. Yeah. 
So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Be interested to see what everybody else thinks when it's done. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, watch a couple. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying it's upsetting. I was hoping, as the Stephen King fan, you'd be super excited and motivate me to watch it. So. <laughs> this is some interesting stuff. The last couple episodes is just kind of like, wait, what? What the fuck's going on? And then this last episode. I don't know. It's interesting, I guess. We'll see. Uh, let's see. I watched a couple movies over the weekend. I watched a movie called Billy Club, which I had really hoped was an 80s movie, but it wasn't. It was made in 2013. Oh, no. Uh, so it's essentially a slasher movie where when they were kids they were all on a little league team together and one of the uh, kids gets like harassed by everybody else because he's the worst player on the team and then uh, I mean they get fucking ruthless too like they like find him after the game and like tie his arms behind his back and then set them set him up in like one of those dunk tanks you know where you throw the baseballs at the target so they try to murder him uh pretty much and they pretty much succeed so then it's just like what the fuck are you sure this wasn't made in the 80s because that sounds like an 80s style prank it does but uh no trust me if you saw it, you'd be like yeah this was made a couple years ago um so cut to them as adults and then uh someone in a uh an old antique umpire's outfit starts killing people off with the baseball baseball bat that has like nails like nailed into it and a razor blade that can pop out of the bottom of the handle of the baseball bat um and then it, it goes along as you'd expect with that with that setup uh it's not horrible it's just it was made a couple years ago, and it's super, super low budget. So, um, this might have been better, and Noah will know what I'm talking about. Or maybe like a drunken zombie deadly double feature back in the day. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, it's completely ridiculous, but as long as you go in knowing it's completely ridiculous, then it's perfectly fine. Pays homage to the 80s. It's got a, it's got a boob shot in it. So, pretty much everything you need. Yay. Um, and then the other, speaking of 80s, the other movie I watched, I watched uh, Summer of 84, which I had been pretty pumped to see since I saw the trailer. Um, as the title suggests, this movie takes place in 1984, and it's a group of kids. Very much plays on the uh, uh, group of friends get involved in something, sort of a subgenre, a la... Stranger Things, Goonies, and whatnot. Uh, So it's a group of kids, and of course there's people that go missing in the area, and the kid thinks that the guy that lives across the street from him could possibly be a serial killer. So then, of course, they take it upon themselves to spend their summer trying to keep an eye on this guy and see if they can prove that he's a serial killer. Uh, it's pretty fun and lighthearted, and then the last like twenty minutes takes a really dark turn. But I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, very much made me nostalgic for the group of kids doing stuff, subgenre as I mentioned earlier. Um, 
Still, I think, doing a small theatrical run, limited release. And then uh, I think it's on VOD, which is how I wa- watched it. Uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. That was pretty good. So if anybody gets a chance and is into those kind of movies, especially movies set in the 80s that very much feel like 80s movies, then I'd say it's probably a big recommend. That's like a fun little trend that's going on right now. They're kind of redoing that subgenre, but still mm-hmm. setting it back in the 80s. Yeah. Say thank you to the Stranger Things guys for creating that. <laughs> no kidding. And this is actually good because, I mean, they the kids feel somewhat realistic as much as you can in a scenario like this. Uh, of course, they have, like, this little clubhouse out in the woods. And, of course, they use it to, uh, to put all their booby mags so they can't have them at home that's why why there's always porn in the woods you can't keep it at home exactly so weird time the 80s was (laughs) (laughs) the fact that porn in the woods is something that's like universally just known and accepted is such a weird concept Uh, yeah I think uh, I was talking to somebody about it like my friend Tim I think we were talking about he's like it's yeah it's just one of those weird things where you just would stumble upon porn in the woods. But everybody did. I don't even remember why everyone was in the woods so goddamn much. <laughs> we also had more than one occasion where somebody would found, find a box full of porn sitting on the side of the road. <laughs> People are just like, don't need this porn no more. I'll just put it in the box and set it here. Somebody will take it. Some teenagers will find this. You'll have a good home soon, swank number 37. <laughs> Do you guys ever like, help a friend move and accidentally find his dad's porn? <laughs> that happened to me no. once. <laughs> it's no, like, funny. You're like loading boxes in, and you're like, what's in this one? Oh, I probably wasn't supposed to look in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just the dad's fault. That's horrible. That's uh, you take that, that box and you put it in the trunk of the car and you move it yourself. That guy, that guy wasn't a good dad. <laughs> Sounds like it. Not, not sound judgmental, but uh. <laughs> but he killed his whole family. So yeah, <laughs> I would say it's pretty safe bet he was not a good dad. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're into that, I would definitely recommend Summer Ready for. It's just a lot of fun. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right. Well, next week, Slater September comes to a close. And it's the movies we've been talking about, Young Guns and Young Guns 2. I know Noah's excited. Yeah. Noah's going to love next week so much. You're going to get to see how Christian Slater birthed upon the world, Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. And how he will become Noah's new favorite cinematic hero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for a response for Noah, and he's like, I won't do it. I'm not giving them the pleasure. <laughs> I don't know if you like that that one the the show the the western show you were talking about. Lawless is that what it was? Godless. Yeah. Godless. Lawless is the 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 prohibition one with Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf. Um, I don't know. You might like Young Guns. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, he was the, going on like about how dark that one was and how it kind of like portrayed the violence and made everything look shitty. 
<laughs> My remembering of Young Guns is not that it does that. Oh, I think it. I think it does that just fine. It's one step away from Die Hard in the Old West. <laughs> Isn't that Last Man Standing? That's why I said this is one step away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to watch Last Man Standing again. I never it's, even watch it. Oh my god, have you never seen that? It's ridiculous. No. It's awesome. There's a there's a part where Bruce Willis shoots a guy about fifty times and his bullets do so much impact that the guy like backflips out the fucking door of the building. <laughs> that reminds me, I never did go see Skyscraper, which I really oh, wanted to see. Really? Yeah, like I saw the trailer for it, and I was with Wes, and he's like, "This is just Die Hard," and I said, "Yeah, but it's Die Hard with the Rock. How could you not want to watch that?" If it was Die Hard, I'd be happy, but it doesn't look like Die Hard to me. I don't know. I'd watch if it was just Die Hard with the Rock. I they could just call a movie that, and I'd go see it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't even need a trailer. Uh, our new movie, Die Hard with Die Hard with the Rock. Well, ticket sold, sir. No, I mean, I got movie pass. I mean, it was essentially going to be a free viewing anyway. And I just never got oh, to theater see it. Do you guys see that uh, Stallone has officially announced Rambo 5? Yeah, I hope it's not the the story they said they were going to do like right after Rambo came out. I don't know. They haven't said much about the story, but Stallone's putting lots of pictures of himself on Instagram lifting weights to get ready for it. So. Mm. Because there was talk of him like fighting like a genetically engineered super soldier like mutant yeah. thing. That sounds terrible. Sure, but there was also talk of him like at one point there was talk that he was going to find out he had a daughter and that she got kidnapped, and I'm like, you're just stealing the plot from Commando. That's true. That sounds that sounds terrible, but it also sounds amazing. <laughs> Rambo versus super mutant. Yeah, man, I I just that, if it is it Stallone directing again? I believe so. See, I if they brought in somebody who I could trust a little more to do something weird, like a George, if they had George Miller direct it, <laughs> I can tell you George Miller. I don't think is gonna lower himself to, to direct a Rambo movie at this point. I don't know if it was Rambo in a post-apocalyptic. <laughs> Wasteland fighting super mutants. What if it was Rambo fighting that talking pig? What if that's the super mutant in question? Oh. Oh, fair enough, Doug. You may have won me over. <laughs> I don't see any way around making that movie. Yeah, babe, pig in the city. <laughs> Got to die, bacon. <laughs> uh, I would totally watch that. Just shooting at a CGI pig for two hours, <laughs> and it's just it's just chirping them the whole time. Fuck you, John. What you can't shoot now? Uh, can't kill him until he gets his bow and arrow out, and then the pig just explodes. I would love the concept of the guy who took on like the entire Vietnamese army and the entire Afghan army. Yeah, no problem. One pig. Lost in the city. Rambo's totally fucked. <laughs> it's totally just like a remake of the cat from hell last week. 
<laughs> they had a bigger budget, so it's just all over New York. Just Rambo trying to kill a pig that won't die. <laughs> shots of the pig just wandering through Times Square. <laughs> Sam, turn around. You turn me around, Noah. Now, now I want this to be the next Rambo movie. <laughs> I owe these penguins dancing. <laughs> Fuck you, Elmo, and then just blows up one of those <laughs> one of those street uh, performers. <laughs> I love the idea of just sneaking around people in New York, still in the camo for some reason, and he's just slitting the wrist with that giant knife and then pulling out the compass uh. to see which way to go next. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that. He sneaks up on the Elmo guy to snap his neck, but grabs his head and twists it, and the, and the actual head just like spins, and he didn't kill him. Guy turns around all mad, like what the fuck. The movie ends with him stra- with Rambo strapped to a bed frame, being tortured by Babe. <laughs> Oh, it gets really dark, and Babe like strips <laughs> skin off of Rambo's stomach and cooks it up like bacon. <laughs> it's the bacon now, bitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, I think we just made the best Rambo Five imaginable. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to see the whatever they make now because it won't be that good. <laughs> You okay, Noah? Did you just kill somebody? <laughs> moving, moving. Gotcha. Give it. Can you just not do that until the show's over in like a minute? Do what I want. All right, fair enough. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.